You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, season's greetings from everyone at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. It's time for your Weekly Wrap-Up. It's Friday, December 6, 2019. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us again this morning, Mr. Eric Sprott himself. Mr. Sprott, good morning. Hey, Craig, good to be back. Uh, you know, it's too bad we missed last week because there's a lot of stuff going on, so we'll have a little catching up to do here. That is for certain. There is a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of shopping going on, man. And uh, I just want to remind everybody, SprottMoney.com is your one-stop shopping spot for all of your holiday gift needs. Remember, we've got our holiday gift guide that you can find on SprottMoney.com. And here's an idea for a little stocking stuffer. You can buy 10 Sprott Gold Wafers. Wafers. I'd like to say Wafers of Monty Python thing. If you buy 10 of these gold wafers, you get two of them for free. That's 20%. Uh, Each wafer contains one-tenth of a gram of gold on a beautiful background that reflects the Canadian national symbol of the maple leaf. You can find the gold wafers and other great deals in the holiday gift guide. Just go to SprottMoney.com to take a look at the guide. Of course, you can always just call us, 888-861-0775. Eric... Uh, speaking of wafers, if you can just eat one more, you'll explode. And we had to eat one more uh, BLS, BS jobs report in the U.S. today. Let's just start there. I, I, have we reached peak insanity, peak make-believe numbers with this thing, 266,000? Well, it's hard to believe that the ADP would come out with 65,000 on Wednesday for private sector employment. And we got 266 from the BLS. So, uh, you know, I've always I've said so many times it makes me sick. I don't believe the numbers anyway. Uh, I just look around at the economic malfunction and, uh, you know, banks announcing layoffs and uh, the car companies, uh, production's lousy, and, um, the uh, industrial production indexes are weak. The, the softness around the world is incredible, okay? It's not just... In the United States, with the German industrial production was down sharply again in November. Obviously, the um, the Chinese are suffering from this uh, trade war, as are the Americans. But somehow, it doesn't seem to show up in in the in the jobs number. But you know, we have to live through these things. And of course, the favorite thing is you know knock gold down. And you know, theoretically, the market should be weak on this. But you know what? It's not weak for some reason. It's the perfect world. Amazing. Where stocks go up, whether jobs are bad or jobs are good, uh, but it tells you a little about, you know, how uh, uncooperative or unrealistic the stock market is. That no matter what the data, it seems totally benign to anyone investing in stocks. So yeah, time I, will tell. I saw a thing where uh, since October. Well, obviously, the stock market goes up with the Fed and the liquidity and the cash they're pumping. But since October, it's gone up 12% on a bunch of trade war positive tweets. And then it goes down 1% on one negative tweet. So they got that going for them, too. Um, I do want to ask you, though, about the Fed. The balance sheet is now back up over $4 trillion, uh, completely reversing any quantitative tightening they were alleged to have done this year. Um, but it's not QE, Eric, so don't worry about it. Yeah, not QE. It keeps getting bigger. The repo thing keeps getting bigger. The concern in the financial community keeps getting bigger. And we really don't know what's going on. For some reason, none of us know, including you and I, really. We all have suspicions of what's happening, but we don't really know because 
when things are tough in the financial area, no one ever talks about it right. until years later, of course. And then we all know what happened. But anyway, it's well, kind of bizarre that things are that the Fed has to put that much support out these days. Every single day, going back to September. Yep, just to kind of keep the beast tranquilized. Uh, Eric, I do want to talk about sovereign demand. Great uh, story uh, last week about Poland. Poland announcing a couple of months ago they bought 100 metric tons of gold, and then they immediately repatriated it. Good for them. I mean, that's what I would do. They took immediate delivery, just like we always say. Yeah. And then there's uh, more people positioning for delivery in sort of more uh, Eastern European countries that uh, I forget which which guy it was, but some guy said, well, you should, there's no reason to trust anybody. If you own gold in London, you should bring it home. Right. So, and, of course, I couldn't agree more because when you look at what's going on in the COMEX and the fact that no gold ever gets delivered, and yet, as you and I have discussed, we get so many thousands of tons that seemingly go over to London to be settled, which are in... Who knows what happens? It just goes up into the ether. Uh, and then there are n- never any deliveries. You know, the inventory never seems to change at the COMEX, and it just looks like it's, you know, somebody's paper machinations of, that we're theoretically trading for some reason, but nothing ever happens physically. So it's good to see uh, the, some of those central banks taking uh, their gold home. It was very good to see that India, in the month of November, imported 70 tons, and, you know, the thing that sickens me about that, and I've mentioned this before, every time I read about what's going on in India, and by the way, I check India fairly often, week, 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 bang, 70 tons, strong. Like, what? who are these guys are reporting about the demand in India all month long when they ended up having a great month? I mean, that's 840 tons annualized, for God's sake. So it was a very good number. Absolutely. And again, all part of the demand to continue to, like you said, not trust what the bankers are doing, I think it just kind of seems gradually people are getting the word out. You know, we always say, buy gold and take delivery. And it seems like that is um, uh, more and more people are catching on here as we move into 2020. Yeah. Oh, by the way, now, uh, you mentioned uh, just before this call that three more J.P. Morgan traders were charged with manipulating uh, metals over in London. That brings a total of nine. Nine. And I, 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 the words you mentioned, I haven't read this yet because I guess it came out this morning, you know, that this was something that went on for years. And, of course, we might be getting to the big thing, you know, controlling the price of precious metals for years. In other words, I don't think they're talking about spoofing anymore. This is a criminal enterprise that was just feasting off of uh, investors by manipulating the price of gold up and down and always the banks being on the right side of the trade. And they would do it effectively in options. They'd do it in the futures. They'd do it in the share prices. And, uh, you know, it's just like a, a payday all the time. And I hope that uh, someone gets to the bottom of this because it just reeks of that when we see what goes on in, in markets every day. The, the line that I saw, presumably from the press release announcing the three additional indictments, was it was referred to as being a massive multi-year scheme to defraud. Okay. There you go. Yeah, and there you go. You know, that, and, sounds, that I, sounds pretty serious, doesn't it? Well, and, and to remind people, one of the people caught up in this is this Michael Nowak, who was the head of global precious metal trader, trading for J.P. Morgan and a member of the board of directors of the LBMA in London. Right. So, right. I mean, we're talking, I mean, this is not just like... Massive couple guys yeah. sitting at their desk yeah massive multi-year yeah yeah to defraud the public 
exactly yes. what it is. That's exactly and what it's been. Somebody's going to have to pay for this. Let's hope so. All right. Let's, uh, yeah. let's move on. Anything else? Let me just ask you this. Anything else on your mind? It has been two weeks since we spoke. Well, I don't think there's uh, much. Oh, well, there's some discussion of, uh, you know, there, a whale being involved in uh, gold and silver here uh, just by the, the flow of contracts. Now, it's not something where I pretend to be an expert. I mean, I watch it and I hear people talking about it. But, you know, there's some suggestion that there's some forces at work here that are uh, accumulating gold and silver. So we'll see how that battle plays out. I tend to give it some credence here just based on what we've seen so far. And, of course, the open interest keeps going up, and it's incredible yeah. what happens there. Yeah. Anyway, All right. I, I think it's uh, it, the, 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 um, the markets are, are looking better. I mean, yes, we have to put up with this you know, one-day fantasy stuff with the jobs thing, but uh, that too shall pass. Yeah. All right, I have another uh, long list of companies that <clears throat> folks have sent in that would like your opinion on. And, and, I, and so I might as well just work in now. Eric and I are going to try to find time over the next couple of weeks to record uh, an Ask the Expert segment, which uh, regular listeners will know that once a month, one of the things we do at Sprott Money is we have an expert. I, last month, we had Brent Cook, who himself is a mining expert and an economic geologist. And if you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, you should. You go to SprottMoney.com, uh, check the Insights tab, and uh, click down. You'll see Ask the Expert. You'll hear the presentation from Brent Cook. The month before was Nomi Prince. And for this month, it'll be Eric Sprott. And what we'll do is we'll try to go through as many of these names as we can. If Eric doesn't have an opinion, we'll just tell you. But uh, we want you to know that we do get your emails, we do get your names, and we just have time constraints uh, many weeks. We can't get into them all. So uh, please submit your names to us. Submissions at SprottMoney.com is the email address. Of course, you can tweet them at us as well, and we'll try to get to them sometime in the next couple of weeks. For today, though, Eric, I know a lot of folks are dying to hear an update from you. We'll get your thoughts on the acquisition of Detour Gold by Kirkland Lake. I'll just uh, let you take it from sure. there. Okay. First of all, one other uh, data point I didn't mention, uh, you wouldn't know this, but we also have a jobs number in Canada for the oh. month of November. We lost 71,000 jobs. Yeah, of course, yeah, okay. <laughs> but then again, we have totally different parameters, you know, we don't yeah. have consumers like you do. And honesty, okay. honesty play into that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, here's what I, first of all, I, I actually gave an interview to a Globe and Mail reporter yesterday saying I would vote in favor of the, the merger. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, time to review Detour, and I, I want to point out a few what I call um, big deltas, macro deltas, things that are changing at Detour, uh, which was the reason and the, um, the support for buying that company. And first things I would say are this. Uh, in the third quarter, Detour produced 137,000 ounces. In the month of November, October, October, they produced 60,000. That's 180 annualized in a quarter, way up from 137. Uh, they are pushing up against their 75,000 tons per day of processed ore limit. They're not allowed to ever go over it. And they're going to make an application to go to 90,000. Well, you know what? 75, 90, that's a 20% increase. Yeah, okay, 20%. 
So let's uh, let's imagine that the, the sixty thousand a month is seven twenty a year, which is higher than the six hundred they're looking at. We're going to add twenty percent to that. Now we're going to add another one hundred and forty thousand. I've just banged on one hundred and sixty. Uh, sorry, two hundred and sixty thousand ounces to their potential production. Okay. Uh, they also also mentioned that they hope to get seventy five to one hundred million of synergies. Um, the mine uh, ore grade, the reconciliation of ore that they expected to have in particular places is running 21% higher than they expected. Now, that, that would affect uh, the future reserve calculation more than anything else, but it also suggests you might have 21% more years of, uh, of ore to process. Uh, another interesting thing is that the reserve grade as defined, is 50% higher than what they're mining right now. Well, let's think now, 50% on top of the six, that's another 300. Oh, my God. Um, you could have a pretty interesting story here. Uh, we also have the exploration side of it. It's a huge property. It's like 1,000 square kilometers. It's on the Sunday Lake Deformation Zone, which is the same zone that um, Walbridge is on. I will try to connect that a little later on. Um, so it's a very prospective area. They actually have some uh, subsidiary deposits. There's one uh, called 58 North that's got about 5 gram material versus the approximate 1 gram material of the existing mine. So they only spent $7 million on exploration. I think Kirkland spent probably $120 million on exploration this year. Uh, so... And that's because they were hanging on all the time between, you know, the shareholders that were always upset with them and the, the, the low price of gold. This company was just hanging on. It's one of these things where, you know, all of a sudden the price of gold goes up, a, a partner with money in his jeans comes along, and things can change very, very dramatically. And uh, I think Tony has been in the uh, news suggesting that he thinks he can get them to 900,000 tons a year, sorry, 900,000 ounces a year from 600. And that the cost could go down to uh, to eight hundred dollars, something like that. So, this company could earn this company could earn half a billion dollars on top of the roughly whatever six hundred million that Kirkland makes. I think Kirkland at six hundred million is about the forty seventh largest profitable company in Canada. If you add another five hundred, they're going to go into the low thirties, uh, which is a statement about how significant Kirkland Lake Gold is. So. I think the uh, the acquisition will be uh, very helpful. What, one of the nice things about the acquisition, you're, you're buying it with shares, okay? From day one, it's cash positive. Like the money's pouring in. You, you didn't use any money to buy this. So it's going to be very constructive and might very well lead to a company that can pay very significant dividends. I hope it does, okay? So that's about it on uh, Detour. I should comment about uh, Wallbridge, please, uh, because they announced a um, that whole what was it ninety six ninety six um, two hundred and thirty meters below the previous lowest contact in the lower Tabasco zone encountered sixteen meters of visible gold with abundant sulfides, uh, and they further uh, revised hole eighty six, which was the whole up hole. They said it was 48 meters of 22 grams, not 38 meters of 27. But they also characterized the two subsections in there. And one was uh, 9.8 meters of 34 grams, and another was 23 of 32 grams. This is a one-ounce material. 
so now we have, just in the Tabasco, lower Tabasco, we have 400 meters of vertical strike. We got 200 meters of, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, vertical depth. We got 200 meters of strike. And I'm going to say we got 20 meters of, of uh, thickness. Uh, it could well be more, might be less, but, you know, we, we know there's at least uh, 48 or, or 33, if you want to use just the high-grade stuff. Anyway, that can result in 4.3 million tons. Now, what grade are we going to put on it? We put half a half a uh, ounce on it. It's 2.1 million ounces, and, and these will be 2.1 million of very valuable ounces, not one gram ounces. These are that would be 16 gram ounces. So uh, it's very good. We're gonna they're gonna drill deeper. I think they're gonna drill a long strike here. And it's interesting when you only have 200 meters of strike, but you know it's, a, it's got a thousand meters of strike on surface on surface. Oh my God! Every hundred meters of extra strike increases it by fifty percent. So, you know, and they're gonna—I think they're gonna drill out at two or three hundred meters along strike here. And if they ever hit this thing, it just explodes in size. And again, I reiterate: the value of the gold is incredible. This is not gold you, you get to buy for a hundred dollars an ounce when your profit margin is probably a thousand. Okay. And you can get to it in a in a hurry. So I think it uh, it looks great. I should talk about the private placement. There's a forty two million dollar private placement. I was not a part of the private placement. Uh, I would have liked to have been part of the private placement, um, but uh, I do believe that it was more done to accommodate strategic partners, and I believe the strategic partners are uh, some. Uh, sort of uh, government money in Quebec, government-run pension money, where the province wanted to be involved. Uh, and I think th- they will all figure out that there is a, a a major mining company has probably bought in for just under 10%, uh, which I guess endorses the whole project and, and, of course, funds funds them all for next year. So the stock's been acting wonderfully. Uh, I think it's significantly undervalued. People just can't adjust fast enough to how this thing is changing in size and grade here, but it looks great. Could you touch on uh, Balmoral a little bit? Yeah, Balmoral. Sure. Balmoral uh, reported nine holes. Uh, now, unfortunately, I haven't really got anybody geologically to explain to me the significance of where they drilled. I mean, I look at it, I see it, um, but the last nine holes would seem to be concentrated on something that they call the Ripley Zone. And unfortunately, the results weren't um, weren't stunning. Uh, there were some small intersections of high grade, but it's hard to build tonnage when you get one meter intersection. You need thick intersections, like our friends at Woolbridge are encountering. Um, so you know, I think it's uh, it, I would call the results disappointing. Um, but nonetheless, Woolbridge is interesting because it it basically surrounds Fenelon. They have a lot of property going all the way back over to Detour Lake, which is, of course, on the Sunday Lake Deformation Zone. So if this Sunday Lake Deformation Zone starts to prove that it's a significant, has significant endowment of gold all the way through throughout it, and here we have at one end low grade, at the other end high grade at Walridge, and who knows, maybe even a Detour, when you get down lower, you'll find the high grade, which, which is very likely. It's hard to imagine that there's 20 million ounces sitting on surface that all came from somewhere down below 
that is not better endowed down below. So I think Balmoral has wonderful properties. Uh, they've had some great intersections before. I mean, they've had some very, very high-grade, thick intersections that they never seem to be able to string together. Uh, but it just shows that uh, this neck of the woods is a wonderful place to find gold. Yeah. Eric, before I wrap up, I just wanted to check if there was anything else you wanted to cover uh, this week. Uh, well, not much else. I mean, the only uh, thing that was newsworthy is Continental Gold. There was a bid for Continental Gold by yeah. Gin Mining at five fifty a share. Uh, it looks like it's trading as though the, the bid will go forward. I'm probably I'm a shareholder and sort of a significant shareholder. A little disappointed that uh, they sold out or committed to sell just as they're about to go into production because I think it is a very good ore mining. I think it'll be a very profitable mine, and we're not going to get to see that, I guess. So anyway, I'll be, uh, I'll be tendering to the bid. Fun to see uh, some M&A, though. You know, I mean, this is the kind oh, yeah. of thing we've been talking about. Yeah, there's serious action going on here. Yeah, you know, yeah. and the fact that, for example, that Walbridge could get 42 million. Normally, you have to put a warrant in there to entice uh, speculative buyers. Well, these aren't speculative buyers; these are industry bu- industry buyers, and uh, and they knew the project was great, and they 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 were quite prepared to buy it without a warrant, and it's a long term investment for them, of course. Yeah. Uh, noteworthy, as you would, as you pointed out. Um, yeah. All right, again, we're going to wrap up here. I, I want to remind everybody, though. Again, we we appreciate the names you send in every week. We will try to get to them uh, with a special couple of Ask the Expert segments later on this month. So please keep sending them. You can send them to submissions at SprottMoney.com. And also uh, go to SprottMoney.com. Check out the holiday gift guide, that catalog. All Yeah, it's your one-stop shop if you want to either – get some metal for yourself or to start somebody on the value of uh, stacking physical precious metal. Again, go to SprottMoney.com and check it out. Eric, thank you again for your time and I hope you have a great weekend. Thank you, Craig. All the best to you too. And from all of us at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next Friday.